Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 105, released on September 25th, 2013. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good pal, Scotty V. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Hi there, Steve. I was going to call you Jimmy Olsen then. You know, good Superman's <laughs> pal, Jimmy Olsen. It just kind of rolled off the tongue, the whole pal That's... thing, but... I saw that there was a bit of hesitation. I was going to, I was going to interject and tell you what my name was. I wasn't sure. You seem to be suffering, so I. <laughs> nice to meet you, by the way. <laughs> yes, uh, you as well. <laughs> and uh, how's the month been since uh, we last recorded our previous podcast? Well, it's going all right. You know, here uh, here in the states, uh, it's very uh, on the east coast. It's very up and down. You know, one day we have eighty eight degrees. And the next day we have 62 degrees, and then in the morning it's 38, and then later in the afternoon it's 75. So it's very, uh, it's very uh, strange weather. A lot of people getting sick. Uh, I, I seem to be avoiding it as of right now, but uh, with the uh, with the up and down weather changes, it's uh, you know it's uh, Fun time. it's a strange time of year. But we're in fall here, and uh, or we're yeah we're just crossing into fall. I think as of yesterday. Okay, cool. So autumn for those who don't know what fall is elsewhere, but um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we've we're first uh, of September is spring here, so we've been in uh, spring for a while. So uh, and obviously I'm in Australia, so uh, the reverse of what's going on for you guys. But uh, yeah, weather's been up and down here too, and the pollen, you know, the hay fever. It's all it's all starting, all fun. That's right. It's all great times. It seems to be the spring and the fall are the worst times. I'm not sure which is worse than the other. You would think it would be spring because that's when everything's popping up, but uh, I seem to have, have a number of family members who seem to be having a harder time of it here in the, uh, in the autumn. But oh, uh, That's no good. Well, I guess uh, we should get into our discussion topics about Superman. I don't think people want to know about our, uh, our family members and our hay fever and our uh, weather. And the color of our phlegm and... Uh, <laughs> It's not. No. Lovely, lovely. But, uh, well, let's... Talking about... Speaking flim. of snots, let's <laughs> head right into... Gee, that was a good... Uh, Our a topics. Good, nice segue right into the Justin Bieber prank. That's right. <laughs> this is a guy who uh, pees in mop buckets in the middle of basketball games, who spits down from his balcony at his hotels, and who uh, posts on Twitter, apparently, that he is somehow involved with the upcoming Superman-Batman movie. Yeah, Justin Bieber uh, on Instagram posted a photo of himself holding what appeared to be a script for Batman versus Superman. It had the logo on it, had uh, Zack Snyder's name and Goya's name, and it had based on uh, The Dark Knight Falls, which is uh, episode or chapter four of the uh, Dark Knight Returns comic book saga, saying that it was based on that. So it kind of had uh, an element of reality to it, but uh, was proven to be a prank, uh, just a bit of a gag by him. Uh, I think something involved with, is it Funny or Die, or one of those kind of skip programs? Mm, I didn't look into it any further. Once I saw Justin Bieber's face, I, uh, <laughs> I, I burned out both my retinas. Very good. Well, it did prove out to be a, a prank, uh, just a bit of a gag there for a comedy skit, and it had a lot of people... Uh, Gasping and and oh, almost absolutely. yeah it's... headed for uh, the the White House petition board again. <laughs> it's funny how um, you know uh, I tried a little uh, thing myself. Now I of course put all the prerequisite uh, uh, disclaimers in there, mm-hmm. but uh, you know mine didn't didn't go anywhere, and that's <laughs> probably because I have three viewers. But uh, something like this, um, 
you know, I, I have friends. Uh, I go to a poker game uh, twice a week, uh, and and they're like, "What do you think about this Justin Bieber being Robin?" I'm like, uh, you know, because over there they know me as kind of a specialist in the Superman area, and they know that I kind of hear about news maybe before a lot of people who aren't looking for it, and and they ask me, and and I say, well. It's a joke, you know. <laughs> it's a goof. Oh, I don't know if it turns out to be real. I'm like, well, you know, it's not. And, uh, you know, they, they have the same uh, things. You know, most of them there still have the issue with Ben Affleck being being Batman. And uh, I try to explain to them the th- same things we've been saying, that he's, yeah. that he's really uh, cleaned up his act uh, over the last several years. And, and he's, he's uh, you know, much more uh, respectable than, than a lot of people are giving him credit for. As for Justin Bieber... Uh, thankfully, we don't need to worry about what it would be like if he were cast. Exactly. Uh, so uh, the the poll that we ran on the website, eighty percent of people were relieved that it was a prank, which is uh, it was a bit of a fun poll that we ran. But uh, obviously, uh, it's uh, something that what you know. Well, we didn't even kind of touch on the the fact that you know because he he said it would be Robin, like that almost all, you know hinting that he'd be auditioning for the role of Robin, but. In the Dark Knight Returns uh, so- story, Robin is a girl, so a female. So <laughs> that nobody even kind of you know touched on that. Now I wonder if uh, maybe he has a better sense of humor than we tend to think. Maybe yeah. all the jokes about him, you know, really being a girl and all that. Maybe he was. Maybe he himself was playing playing that up a little bit. And the whole idea, but uh, maybe he has no idea what the story is either. But uh, I wouldn't have known. But I'm not. I don't read all the Batman stories. Mm. But uh, I do know there was a female Robin at one time, and I do know that Justin Bieber would probably be able to pull off at least the look <laughs> uh, of a young female who hasn't yet developed into anything. But uh, uh, you know, uh, one good thing that might be able to be said about this is, uh, you know, if he himself put it out there. Um, he's thinking about it maybe he's a fan you know in terms of being excited about it i guess that's good news mm. but uh let's leave that behind because it really is just a rumor or just a prank but there are have been other rumors uh we've you know denied the whole brian cranston thing you've uh, we've done that to death uh but there was uh you know that's obviously proven to be false uh, we don't even know if Lex Luthor is going to be in the movie as we've said time and time again but there's been some uh rumors about Zack Snyder auditioning female cast members, uh, supposedly a love interest for Batman, but uh, it could be anything, really. It could be anything or nothing. I mean, rumors uh, have that strange thing going for them, and, and, and being that we're so early in the process, and being that by all indications there isn't even a script yet, um, I'm not really sure who they could be auditioning for. Are they going to write after they cast somebody and say, well, now we'll write for this character? Or do they really have enough down that they know there's going to be some female character that's either a Batman love interest or, or, or someone else in the movie? And as far as people denying rumors, you know, I've said this before, too. Um, all rumors are, are, you know, things people put out there that are either right or they're not right. And before we have end up with egg on our face, uh, I don't think it's entirely impossible for someone to come forward and say, no, 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 I don't know anything about Lex Luthor, I haven't read for it, no one's called me, blah, 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 if in fact they had been cast or had yeah. had meetings, if they need to hold it in for a certain amount of time. That could go on as well in terms of this female casting thing, same thing. Uh, there's no there's no indication from anyone that it officially is happening. There's just kind of word that maybe it is or maybe it's going on. So 
until we know something could be or it might not be, you know. Yeah, well, supposedly a um, a casting call went out for uh, females in their late 20s of uh, all ethnicities, um, an actress who is both tall and possesses physicality, and uh, this was a casting breakdown that was sent around to various talent agencies. So uh, that, you know, could be uh, something there to it. Uh, we just don't know at this stage. And as for whether a script has been written or not, it appears that it might be done. I mean, obviously there's rewrites and there's always uh, scripts being adjusted throughout uh, production, but uh, it looks like they might be going into uh, production earlier than we anticipated. Uh, we always thought it'd be early 2014, but uh, they could be doing some stuff uh, sooner than that. Uh, obviously uh, not too soon because um, Henry Cavill is involved in the Man from Uncle movie and we've seen some photos online of him uh, currently on set filming that. Uh, so you'd have to think that uh, they'd have to wait for Henry to be available to, you know, start on the Batman versus Superman movie or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, so we'll wait and see uh, just how soon they do start production and do start filming. I guess they could do some behind-the-scenes stuff, some extra stuff. There was a call for extras uh, to... Uh, to be available in Los Angeles uh, to register their availability, and uh, that seems to have already kind of filled up their quota for that. It's very interesting. It's very st strange because uh, I know you're saying that, that there are some indications that the script may be done and, and that there are these, these casting calls going out. I, I'd like to – not that I'm ever going to, but I'd like to trace them and find out where they actually come from and what they actually mean <laughs> because without a script – uh, without a start date for filming, uh, nothing has been announced. You know, uh, you know, calling for extras sometime in October seems to indicate that they are filming because they're going to need these extras. But um, I believe that there has to there, there months in advance. There's an announcement when films uh, when a film begins. Uh, you know, actually filming, and uh, f from everything that I have heard, and I have heard no official announcement that there is a completed script. Uh, I, I'm not really sure how they could be doing any filming and how they could be uh, in need of extras or, or doing female casting, you know, as you said, unless they are uh, upping the, the deadline and, and, and actually trying to fast track this, which could be another mistake if, in fact, they've already made mistakes in, in doing the whole Batman thing and, and everything else. But mm. we can't say until we see it. But I mean... I have said before, you know, trying to fast track a Justice League movie just because you think it's what people want to see based on Marvel, you know, and I've been I've been yelled at in many various places on the internet that I'm speculating and no one has ever said there's going to be a Justice League movie and and uh, I'd be willing to bet that they're not going in that direction and this and that and you know the argument of course back to that is that too is speculation because everything we try to come up with or guess at or you know, speculate about is speculation until someone comes and says, uh, this is what we're doing and this is officially what is happening. Um, as far as we know, all we've been told is that Batman and Superman will face off in, in the upcoming movie and that Batman will appear in some capacity. There has been no official announcement that it is Batman versus Superman. There's been no official announcement that Batman will get top billing. There's been no official announcement that he will even be in the movie any particular amount of time. Everyone is speculating, as we're using that word, that he's going to take over the spotlight, that he's going to be the star, that he's going to make Superman look silly. And that could be possible. Uh, I wouldn't put it past uh, some, some of the creators out there. But 
we don't know until we know. And since we don't know, then we don't know. So. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, you're right. We, you know, the only f- official announcement came out about Ben Affleck being cast and that they're doing this. And, you know, at Comic-Con, Zack Snyder says we're doing this. And uh, But movie studios don't, you know, aren't in the business of making announcements about every step that they do. So the, the script could be finished. They're not going to tell us if it is or not. Uh, production could be starting. They're not going to tell us whether it is or not. They're just going to do it. They're going to go about their business doing it. Uh, it's the job, if you like, of uh, rumor sites, of, of uh, film critics, of, of uh, film reporters to try to find out the inside scoop. And we'll never get them confirmed until we actually you know, hear from the studio. But... Uh, there are people on in the know, people on the inside who leak this kind of stuff. There won't be official announcements on every step of the way. So we can only speculate, as you say. We can only report on what we hear, what's being you know, uh, touted by you know, places like um, Hollywood Reporter and, um, and uh, Latino Review and those kind of places that seem to have you know, some inside information somehow to uh, these uh, steps that the studios make. And uh, the studio won't confirm or deny them, but uh, we can only take these uh, type of reporters and type of reports at their word uh, based on the information they uh, provide, whether we don't, you know, we don't know all the time whether it's valid or not. Well, to add to that, I mean, many, many um, official media outlets, many of the big names, many of the quote unquote real media outlets we're all on board with the Cranston thing. <laughs> True. Um, so with anybody could have gotten this from anywhere and somehow decided to run with it. So until I get personally get official announcements um, or until we see some photos of, of people actually filming and things going on, um, I don't know where we're at. And I don't believe mm. anybody actually, I mean, people, somebody knows where they're at, but I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's any way for us to know exactly where they are in the process based on social media and based on the power everybody has in their own home on the internet. Anybody could write up anything, anybody could say anything and anything could have come from anywhere. Um, so that's where I am on it. I mean, I'm yeah, not saying there isn't female casting going on and I'm not saying there, there isn't an extra thing happening. Um, uh, but it seems unusual that they would be filming already. Uh, you know, uh, we have just started on the script, I think is what was said in July. Um, so it's possible that, it, that a, some version could be completed. So we'll, we'll find out. I mean, it's exciting. Mm. And well, I mean, this extras thing—they might not be filming. They might just be uh, auditioning for extras and getting, you know, starting the process of of getting people registered and and you know trying to find the types of people that they want uh, for these uh, you know um, scenes that are required. Obviously, extras just don't come from nowhere. They've got to you know be um, drafted and and auditioned and what have you. So that could definitely be a pro a step in the process. But well, anyway, it looks like that. Uh Extra's casting call has been cancelled, so uh, I guess we won't know one way or the other. But as for the title of Batman vs. Superman, which seems to be what people um, are indicating the movie will be called, uh, we have the CEO of Warner Brothers, uh, Kevin, I'm going to really mispronounce his name, it's a a Japanese name, uh, Sujihara, I, I think it's pronounced. Very good. Very uh, thank nice. you. Very, very good. Very good. He uh, was at a... I don't know that you're correct. No, but, but uh, it's a good attempt. You know, you're a better man than I for even attempting. <laughs> he was at an uh, investors' conference uh, telling you know, the, uh, the investors there that they're aiming for you know, 12 to 14 movies a year, and the majority of those will be from their DC Entertainment properties. And he did say, and I quote, 
We have Batman versus Superman coming out in 2015, but there are going to be, in the coming months, a lot of announcements regarding the future movie, television, games, and consumer products pieces that are going to be coming from DC. Now, I didn't see a recording of this, and I, I didn't uh, actually see a, an officially typed transcript, True. but we do, have, we do have the quote from him. We do know what he was talking about. We, we do know that he was uh, speaking about the WB movies and how many of them are going to be DC-related. Uh, my interpretation of what I read there uh, was him calling the movie what everybody is referring to it as right now. Could be. I don't he didn't make an official announcement that this is definitely the title, nor has there come an official announcement of what the title is, just as I was saying before, nor do we even know that there's a script or who is in it or what's happening other than Superman and Batman will be a part of it in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And it is very possible that that was his way of telling us what the official title of the movie was. My thought on it was it was just kind of an off the cuff comment to let them know not only do we have this Superman Batman thing coming out, uh, at some point in the future, but we also will have, you know, and he mentioned dates and he called it Batman versus Superman. But the point is he, he was kind of, my impression was he was speaking kind of conversationally to let people know the types of projects that are coming down the pipe. And we all know that there is a Superman Batman project coming and most mm -hmm. people have taken to calling it Batman versus Superman, even though there's been no official announcement on that other than, uh, uh, you know, our, our guy from Man of Steel uh, uh, reading the quote from The Dark Knight uh, Returns. But uh, that doesn't necessarily indicate that it's definitely going to be Batman versus Superman. And certainly everyone has started to run run with this because mm. the CEO of Warner Brothers has said we have Batman Superman, which is coming. But um, that's just, I, I think, just a generic way of referring to the idea that mm -hmm. there's a Batman Superman combined in one movie coming out or it could be the actual title but again we're speculating so <laughs> yes. i gotta i gotta stick with that until we're not it uh we're gonna get to this in later in our discussions but uh i think speculation or speculate is the word of the episode just like they do in sesame street Oh, there you go. Well, you know, uh, maybe they did that that kind of thing on purpose. You know, uh, they wanted to get us thinking about how we would do it. And well, I mean, we Henry Cavill's uh, word was respect, but our word will be speculate. Oh, of course. But we'd have Grover on our show, you know, and he'd say, uh, what does it mean when you speculate? Or maybe it's Yoda. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think it's the same maybe. voice, but anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so uh, again, let's have the you – know, for me, the word of the day is always – Pinhead. But after Pinhead, <laughs> I go with speculation. Now, what do you make of this 12 to 14 or, you know, this, the majority of these movies being about the DC properties? Uh, I think that's, uh, I think that bodes well. I mean, I'd like to see a Flash movie, Wonder Woman movie. I think it's, it's due, we're due for them. Well, there is further speculation that mm -hmm. um, uh, this whole Batman Superman thing is going to lead to a shared universe that will eventually. Um, come to Justice League, and after that, there will be offshoots and other characters developed from that. And and uh, you know, I'm not sure what the official word on it is. I'm not sure who actually said it. I'm not sure where it came from. But there was mention at one point that the Flash was going to be the next 
actual film mm. that came out of this uh, uh, before Justice League. And I don't know, you know, well, as I said, people are yelling at me that no one from the studio has ever said there's anything going to happen with the Justice League, that there's going to be any more heroes, that there's going to be any more solo films. The only thing that's been talked about is this Batman Superman project, which I think is true. Uh, but, of course, the speculation is that the, 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 the whole point of this is to show us that there are many heroes in this shared universe and hopefully, if things go well, get to a Justice League. And why not? Uh, based on the success of the Avengers, based on the excitement around a Batman-Superman uh, combo project, uh, why wouldn't it be better? I mean, the argument that more is better can certainly be refuted either way, but based on Avengers' success versus Thor by itself or uh, anything other than Iron Man – in that franchise has been debatable, but mm. they still keep doing it. They haven't stopped. They're not saying, well, the only thing we really want to do is Iron Man and Avengers. They're still doing these other sequels. They're still bringing So there's no reason to assume that there won't be other hero movies. And I did read somewhere that Flash was supposed to be uh, coming at some point. But again, that could have just, just been a rumor, and, and who knows exactly what's going to happen. But as far as the 12 to 14, a lot of people were reading into that and, and saying, wow, there's going to be 12 to 14 DC Comics movies a year. And it, it seemed to me that he was saying of the 12 to 14, of the approximately 12 to 14 Warner Brothers movies that will come out, a good portion of them which when you have 12 to 14 movies, if everyone's a standalone movie uh, by itself and you have three or four that are based on DC Comics, then you have a good portion, uh, a higher percentage. Uh, you have a foundation for your 12 to 14 movies uh, that is that is four out of one subject as mm. opposed to the other eight uh, or, or nine or ten that are going to be from other areas yeah so i think that still it's a lot and i like it and i'm happy and uh i you know i've always wanted to you know uh, i've been happy with the marvel thing you know i never expected dc to to catch up because in in my mind dc has never been good at making um uh, comic book movies uh you know superman was good uh, 35 years ago and then we had in my mind one batman movie that i liked and then a trilogy of batman movies but other than that um, every other thing they've tried, and they haven't really, really tried very much. You know, Marvel has been the people, uh, has been the company that's been stepping out there, um, taking risks, doing things that might not be considered um, uh, popular. Iron Man at the time, and 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 it's paid off for them. So mm. I see that DC is now woken up, and they've tried to uh, get something going, and and hopefully it does. And and you know. What uh, what I'm going to call him Kevin says um, at the, uh, at, the at his little meeting um, is is definitely bodes well. So uh, and obviously this is all going to be on the on the uh, the backs of this Batman Superman thing, which with the, all the same people involved, I, I don't imagine it being a travesty as a lot of people are assuming it's going to be. Mm, could so be. I would think it's going to be it successful. Would. I would think it's going to do well, and I would think that. From a business standpoint, obviously, having their, their two most popular superheroes in one movie together, starting to test it out to see how it goes, and then probably, and this is just me speculating now, uh, there will be talk of other heroes in this movie itself. There will be talk of, uh, oh, this Amazon you know, we heard about, or uh, this guy who wears a ring. Again, I'm making this up, but why wouldn't there be? Uh, uh, because... If the whole idea is to make money and, and be, be successful as a business, the more you do, 
to liken yourself to Marvel, which has been extremely successful in the movie venue, is going to help you. So I can't see them going anywhere else but to Justice League and then spinning off to other solo and team-up projects. It just doesn't make any sense that they would simply say, well, we're not going to do any more. Exactly. Now, talking about being popular, um, Man of Steel uh, won the Yahoo Summer Movie Poll in uh, Yahoo in a number of uh, categories. Uh, it uh, came out on top in the favorite summer movie uh, category. It uh, beat out its rivals, taking out 38% of the votes, which is close to 9,000 people, to beat out Iron Man 3, which only had 19% of the votes as the favorite summer movie. Um, it was voted the best comic book movie of the year, of the summer, uh, while Henry Cavill also won the best beach body section. Uh, oh, well. Ahead of Jennifer Aniston, which uh, oh. I guess <laughs> mostly males vote for these comic book movies or that, uh, or these polls. Um, not bad. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure that, uh, maybe, I don't, it almost makes me think that women are voting, which is good. Yeah. Because uh, most males probably wouldn't vote that, he has the best beach body, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad that it won these things. Now, before the detractors can come in and say it, let me just let I'll be the I'll be the devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, the right type of people went to the Yahoo poll, and by that I mean the people who were fans of the Man of Steel movie, because Iron Man made uh, quite a bit more. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Maybe double, maybe triple, maybe time and a half of what Man of Steel made. So clearly, more people enjoyed Iron Man three than did enjoy Man of Steel. So we didn't get all the Iron Man three people to go on there and vote. Uh, this is just me playing devil's advocate. I think it was the best comic book movie, but that's just a statement out there because. Clearly, somebody thought Iron Man 3 was better unless it was the same guy who went and, and uh, collected the billion dollars in ticket sales for Iron Man 3. Yeah, no doubt it did better at the box office. Uh, we're just talking about what people thought of the film. Maybe the same people who saw Iron Man 3 and saw Man of Steel thought Man of Steel was a better movie. Um, and then other people you know, didn't vote for Iron Man 3 but even though they saw it. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't speculate again on uh, on what happened there. But um, it was interesting to see that the death of General Zod, the you know the the breaking of the neck, was not the biggest shocker moment. Uh, that went to whatever happened in Iron Man three, and I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. There you go. Well, I know what happened, and uh, I know that it it much like the death of of Zod in, in Man of Steel, it, it disappointed a lot of a purist Iron Man fans because it was a it was a very silly kind of um, goofy way to take it. And you know, my explanation for that is that the uh, the guy John Favreau, who had directed and been the creative force behind the first two, uh, stepped out and and did not. You know, they brought in a new guy, Shane Black, I think his name is. And uh, I think whenever you do that, it shakes everything up, but not necessarily for the good. And uh, I, I, I think that uh, the, the, the goofiness, the camp factor, the silliness, the comedy that they were going for, that, that from what I'm told, fell flat in a lot of places and disappointed a lot of people was because of this, uh, this, this change in director. The same kind of thing um, uh, happened with... Uh, you know, everybody being disappointed that Sam Raimi wasn't going to be involved with the the, the new Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But Iron Man 3 was definitely far and away much more successful than the brand new Amazing Spider-Man film. So 
who knows exactly what people are thinking or why people go to repeat business when they don't like a movie. But mostly what I heard was negative on Iron Man 3, but clearly it, it made a ton of money. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, the shocker that happens at the end there, it's not really shocking as it is silly and, and just Okay. Which is kind of stupid. <laughs> now, uh, Michael Shannon wasn't to be outdone by Henry Cavill. He also won the most notorious villain and won the Breakout Star uh, Award in that uh, in that poll by Yahoo. So, uh, uh, good good for Michael Shannon. He beat out Henry Cavill, right? Um, well, yeah, I guess so. If you think about Cavill as being a breakout star too, uh, Shannon stole that. I, I think he was on the same. On the same list, but mm, uh, I haven't uh, checked. I'm, I'll have to look uh, at that. But uh, Amy Adams and her uh, romance with Henry Cavill won the hottest summer romance category. Uh, a lot of people were were down on the on the whole romance angle between Superman and Lois Lane in the movie, but obviously, maybe the females again voted for that in the in the poll. Well, there you have it. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see that the movie has done well in these polls. We didn't even advertise it on the Superman homepage, so nobody can, um, you know, accuse us of of, uh, of stacking the the poll to our favour. Um, we only reported on the on the outcome. We never even heard about it before that. So, um, uh, you know, was no help from our side for those kind of uh, results there. So, um, well done to the movie and everyone involved for uh, for that uh, poll. But uh, Japan. Japan is another place where Man of Steel has only just opened. Uh, August 30th was uh, its release date, and it's done pretty well at the box office. Uh, it's had a few challenges there. It uh, took over $8 million in its uh, first two weeks, uh, and uh, haven't uh, yeah, checked what it is now a week and a half later since we reported that, but uh, it's doing pretty well, and there's a lot of uh, merchandise on the shelves both there in Japan and in China and other places. So it's uh, still doing well and still taking money in at the box office. Now, do you know what um, what $8 million in two weeks means in terms of, obviously that's a very paltry amount compared to what it makes in the United States in its first two weeks. So uh, where is that is, in well, terms I think people of uh, expected, measuring up? Yeah, I think people expected uh, Man of Steel to do around $20 million once it's done in Japan. So... I guess in its opening two weeks, that's not a bad um, taking. Uh, it's let me see. Looking at it now, Man of Steel is currently has taken in. Yes, yeah, still still says eight million. Oh, hang on, let me check the dates. That's still the the wrong date there. So um, yeah, but it's not it's not a bad not a bad uh, run whatsoever at this point in time. Uh, they still haven't they haven't updated the box office as of September fifteenth. So I haven't got any of the latest uh, uh, updated box office uh, takings from Japan since that uh, initial report of $8 million. All right. Well, I think if it's on its way, if, you know, if it's expected to do about twenty, um, probably with another month or so to go, uh, it, might, it might get close to that, I, I would assume. Mm. So uh, we'll wait and see and keep an eye on that. But uh, it's currently uh, showing in Japan, and so uh, which... It's you know it's it's interesting you know obviously we were all waiting for it in June and you know couldn't wait for it and then July came and then you know it's like at the end of July it's you know going off many screens and you can't find it anywhere in August you're lucky if you see, you know see it at some of the the second run places and then uh, here it is only just opening in Japan at the end of uh, August so uh, you know Japanese fans had to really wait a long time. 
couple of weeks ago, someone asked me uh, if I'd like to go to uh, the drive-in with them uh, because they were going to see it for the first time and they were seeing it in the drive-in. And I probably should have gone because I haven't been to a drive-in in in years Mm. and years. And why not take another chance to see it in another, yet another format and with a person who hasn't yet seen it and uh, get their take on it. I actually didn't uh, ask this uh, woman about what she thought of it, but. uh, that's I think where it ends up at the end of the summer or whatever they try to get uh, try to bilk a few more dollars yep. by giving you a double feature at the drive-in. Yep, definitely. Now speaking of Henry Cavill and moving away from movie discussions, he, he appeared on TV uh, in the first episode of the new season of Sesame Street, and believe it or not, Sesame Street is now into its forty-fourth season. Um, mm. And he appeared with Elmo uh, to teach the big bad wolf and the three little pigs all about the word respect, and it was a great segment. Uh, they posted it on YouTube, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it's, I haven't watched Sesame Street in God I knows how long, but uh, a fun little uh, segment there, and uh, what did you think of it? Well, it reminds me of the uh, of the of the Muppet Show, mm-hmm. where uh, where Christopher Reeve yes. was on when you know in his heyday, and and when Mark Hamill was on when Star Wars was big, mm-hmm. and sometimes they come on and play the character that they were in their movies, or sometimes they come on as the actor and they they do little interactive skits with the uh, with the characters, and of course Sesame Street is is um you know laid out for for children mm-hmm. to to teach them not only spelling and adding and and words and things, but the idea of what it means uh, mm-hmm. to have the word respect and what respect is about. And uh, I think w- I love that Cabell was asked. I love that he was brought in. Mm-hmm. I do, I do have to uh, again play devil's advocate here, and 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 go back to what I said when I first saw the movie, and that is that it bothers me a little bit that. It's not really a movie for children. It's not really a movie that I would feel like kids would be engrossed in or really able to understand or really benefit from seeing the the climax and what exactly happens. That being said, uh, as you know, I still thought it was okay the way it went down, and I like a more adult uh, film. But I don't know that... Anybody of the age to be watching Sesame Street is going to have any idea who Henry Cavill is or why he's there. Um, so I, I, did, I did find it a little odd. Yeah, I saw a few comments on the website about that. People saying, well, you know, why are they marketing Man of Steel to kids who watch Sesame Street? And I, I, I don't see that they, they didn't. They put, didn't put him in a Superman costume. They didn't reference Superman at all. Uh, the following episode or the following skit that was on their YouTube channel was Charlize Theron. And I don't remember her being in any kids' movies of late either. So I don't necessarily think that they're saying, you kids need to go watch the movies that these people are in. These are people who are celebrities. These are people who are in the public eye. And they've asked them to come and be part of you know, Sesame Street. They're not necessarily marketing the movies that they're in to children and saying, look, you know, this is Henry Cavill. He's in Man of Steel. You've got to go see Man of Steel. Or here's Charlize Theron, you've got to go see her in Monster or whatever the other movie she's been in. Um, they're just celebrities. Agreed. I, I, mean, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily saying they were trying to market no, it no, or no. that they, I'm were, just saying, they were shilling, but yeah, I'm just the idea the that I don't know that, that any, making. I don't think any children that do watch Sesame Street are going to have, are going to go, oh, look, there's Superman. I don't, uh, he's just going to be a guy mm-hmm. on, on the thing. So I don't know if that's one of those things where their attention would wane, but probably not because Elmo's in, in the skit. And, and as you said, 
when Charlize Theron is on, I don't I don't think they go, oh, there's Charlize Theron either. So mm. you're right. But it is interesting who they pick. I mean, I remember watching uh, the Muppets as a kid growing up, and they would have celebrities, as you say, Christopher Reeve, Mark Hamill, and yeah, obviously Christopher Reeve's uh, appearance on the Muppets was all very much Superman centric, and uh, Miss Piggy was very much in love with him and kept asking him to hold her in his arms like he held Lois Lane, and all these different silly things that they did. But then there were people on the Muppets when I was growing up that I had no idea who they were. They were, you know, involved in movies or shows that I'd never seen, and weren't necessarily kids actors or kids movies. So uh, it's true, but the Muppets was more an adult centric. It was a primetime show, and yeah. it was uh, they had a lot of uh, uh, kind of offhanded jokes, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really supposed to be marketed to an adult audience. I, I think families watched it, but it, it's it's definitely more um, uh, less than you know Sesame Street is for little children. Uh, Mupp- the Muppet Show is is much more uh, was much more geared. It was the adult version. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Ses- I can see that. had Muppets on it, but yeah. yeah. I also thought it was cute that uh, Henry posed with uh, Super Grover for a photo while in L.A. for the uh, shooting the sequence of the uh, of the Sesame Street thing, and uh, that was that was quite cool. Well, you know, any of these guys, Super Grover, Super Rabbit, Super Duck, all you know, obviously, you know, they have the big diamond shield on their chest with a S S G, and it's in red and yellow, and clearly, it's all a tribute to Superman. It's you know, Mighty Mouse. Uh, all of these things came out of uh, there being a Superman. So yeah, that's uh, very uh, uh, cool that uh, you know you get to see that back. You know, mm. uh, the guy playing Superman and the guy who is a tribute to Superman standing next to each other and, and taking photos. <laughs> very good. All right, well, let's move away from TV discussions and move into our comic books. Uh, this month, September, has been Villains Month in the DC Universe. Uh, right across all the major titles, uh, they've had uh, issues dedicated to telling the origin story or telling the backstory of uh, the villains of the characters involved. Um, in Action Comics, we've uh, had four 23-point issues, so it's like 23.1, 23.2, 23.3, and uh, at the end of September, 23.4 will be coming out. Uh, Superman's had the same thing. Uh, Justice League, uh, Teen Titans had a couple. No Superboy or Supergirl, but um, Batman, Superman's got one coming out at the end of this month as well. So it's uh, been a, a, I've thoroughly enjoyed the 90% of them. I thought some of the stories telling this, the origins of some of these villains have been really well written and uh, really interesting. Uh, which has been your favourite to date? <laughs> Well, before I let me just preface this whole thing by saying um, uh, I don't read all of the new Fifty Two books. Some mm-hmm. people out there do. You know, you and I, I think mostly uh, kind of uh, stay with the Superman titles, including yeah. Superboy and Supergirl. And so, for the three years or however long, two and a half years, whatever it's been, uh, that we've been in the new Fifty Two. Uh, I've had some ups and downs. I've liked some, disliked some. I've liked some of the writers, not liked some of them. Liked some of the art, not liked some. Um, this month um, of these books has been my absolute favorite time of, of reading uh, these uh, titles. I, I found every single one of them to be uh, riveting in its own way, again, as you said, with a couple exceptions here and there. Um, but I like the art. I like the story. I like the way, it's, I like the way they're telling us about these characters. And, and I, as much as some people might hate to hear me say this, 
I would rather see more months with no Superboy and Supergirl and see more of these types of titles or this type of writing if you can do that with the Supergirl and Superboy title because uh, I have not really been interested in either of those titles in quite some time. And uh, I found uh, uh, all of Lex Luthor's involvement in these books to be spectacular, which is better than any Lex Luthor story uh, that I've seen in this entire uh, New 52 project. And I thought it was kind of out of place but um, but 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 because i like the way he was characterized so much i'm okay with it if they just forget about the way he's been characterized up to this point because um it's about time that we get to see lex luthor as lex luthor instead of the kind of weird cowering um strange um and and non-confident guy that i feel like we've been getting since uh, from the beginning so i guess i would say that the, that the Lex Luthor book was my favorite, but Bizarro also has a very strong Lex Luthor presence, and uh, I, I really enjoyed both of those. Okay, well, let's start with Action Comics 23.1, which was the Cyborg Superman uh, story, which I guess could have fit in with the Supergirl um, title because of the fact that we saw, we've seen Cyborg Superman appear in the recent Supergirl issues, and this tells us the story of the origin of Cyborg Superman, which is totally different to the previous, uh, you know, the the previous continuity, uh, with him being tied into the Death of Superman story, uh, this is in fact tied to Zor-El. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were uh, kind of cocking an eyebrow at the end of the Supergirl issue, where we found out that uh, Zor-El was. Um, who originated as Cyborg Superman, and uh, I was kind of hoping, I guess wishful thinking, when I was saying, I think that that may have happened because it was tied to Supergirl's memories, and we were talking all about her mom and her dad and what she knew and what she remembered, and um, maybe she was getting some of his memories, he was getting some of her memories and then making him think that he was uh, or wanted to be Zor-El, but it it, uh, seems to be indicated by Cyborg Superman number one, that uh, that is not the case and that, that he is actually Zor-El. Um, and now, that that being what it is, disappointing or not, I thought that the story uh, was told pretty well and I liked um, the way we saw it happen. I like, uh, just like I like Lex Luthor's involvement in the Bizarro, I like Brainiac's mm. involvement in this in this cyborg arc. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have to you know, make mention of the fact that Zor-El didn't want to become Cyborg Superman it was, you know, his his body was found by Brainiac and cloned and and modified and you know adapted to uh, to become the Cyborg Superman. But it's uh, very interesting. It adds a real, uh, you know, personal touch to uh, you know who Cyborg Superman is and and the ramifications that it, this will have uh, moving forward. I do find it kind of interesting, uh, for lack of a better word, that uh, the blue and the red. A costume of Superman is being used mm. um, years and years ago in the past before anybody knows who he is and why his name would be Cyborg Superman when we don't know who Superman is yet. Yeah, I guess we don't really... He doesn't get called Cyborg Superman in this uh, story. That's just the title of the uh, of the comic book. But um, And I guess the garb of that Superman is wearing, the, the Superman costume is, you know, a Kryptonian... Uh, suit that he you know obviously found so but the red and the blue yeah that could be and also his hair uh, you know Zorel was shown with blonde hair and uh, as he's made into the cyborg he looks more like 
um, <laughs> who we know as Superman or who we know as Jor-El than well, he does. Yeah. That was part of uh, Brainiac's plan because he thought that Jor-El's, um, Jor-El was the better of the two brothers and so therefore modified Zor-El to be more like Jor-El because he actually preferred Jor-El. All right. Well, I'm glad you uh, explained that to me. <laughs> All right. Now, Action Comics 23.2 was the Zod story, and the uh, what a it made for me. It made Zod more of a sympathetic character in some ways, but in other ways, more of a um, distasteful character because of uh, what happened, what he did to his father. I totally did not expect that. So I guess yeah. that's a good thing. I mean, I thought. Um, as you said, I thought they were playing him as a much more uh, misunderstood, uh, sympathetic uh, villain who didn't who didn't want these creatures that he kind of likened to the ones that had killed his parents uh, taken over. And and he and of course the weakness of Krypton being the 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 uh, the whole catalyst for him becoming a, a super soldier type of thing. And uh, then when they showed that panel, I, I kind of fell away from that. So it worked in terms of showing him as a psychopath mm. or the whole, the whole idea of, you know, it reminded me of the, of the cyborg Superman story where, mm. where panel after panel, it was, what would you be willing to do to survive? What would mm-hmm. you be willing to do to survive? And um, Zod was shown as willing to stab his father in the eye in order to slow him down enough so that the monster would eat him and give uh, the child a chance to get away. Um, it might have worked better, uh, but of course we're talking about a villain, but it might have worked better if the father uh, crippled himself or turned around and, 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 and took on the monster and said, go, you know, while he's eating me, you'll be able to get away. But uh, this was a definitely, definitely a shock point in, in the story mm. because up to that point he was kind of shown as a uh, as an innocent child with with parents who uh, but on the other hand they he does explain in the dialogue that they were kind of cold and, and didn't really uh, go through displays of affection either so mm. and it was interesting because what he did was basically replicate what his father had done I mean his mother got caught up and you know uh, and was you know being eaten so they gave them a chance to make a bit of a break and so you know, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, he, you know, he basically did to his father what his father had uh, capitalized on from what happened to the mother. True, but uh, the father didn't didn't do it on purpose. No, didn't didn't you know throw the mother at the at the no. monster and say now we can get away. She just got caught as they yeah. were running. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, I mean, but I I definitely I I, I like the added depth. I like um, mm-hmm. to see. You know, it works anytime you do this with a villain. It, it helps to. Take them away from that. Mwahahaha, I'm yeah. a mustache twirling villain. Right. Uh, that he has some motivations yeah, and exactly. that he has some reason behind him. So uh, I like it. Yeah, I didn't think that uh, Jorel and Zorel were very were portrayed in a great light. They seemed to be kind of mocking type of characters, or maybe that was just Zod's, um, you know, uh, view of them. But uh, they didn't seem to be. They seemed to be kind of you know joking, prodding at him a little bit and. And uh, it didn't paint them in a great light. Hmm. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't get that impression. Okay. I, I saw it from the other soldiers. I, I, that was um, the other people who were involved with Zod. You know, clearly say, "Oh, animal boy." You know, uh, mm. out in the woods, and you know him kind of saying, "They still see me as the the person that was found in the woods back then, or whatever." Uh, but they were all laughing. I, I thought that uh, Jorel kind of had a seemed to have a uh, a respect for him, and that okay. they were. 
kind of friends, but uh, maybe I need to go back and read it again. I didn't. I, I didn't maybe get that me. impression. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm pu- uh, putting what the soldiers did on uh, on what Jorel and, and uh, Zorel, of course, in the cyborg story, uh, was clearly bit, just uh, about as close to an enemy uh, yeah. of Jorel as you yeah. can get. A few screws uh, loose there. You know, yeah, he he a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit nuts. Now, twenty three point three of Action Comics was uh, the Lex Luthor story that you alluded to earlier, and uh, it, it, there have been a few comments in the uh, on the website about you know the whole fixing of the scar issue that we never really got the explanation of how the scarring was there in the first place. Do you recall? I don't, you know, and I've been kind of waiting to hear about that. And I thought with uh, Superman 23.1, the Bizarro story, if if you remember mm-hmm. at the end when, when the Bizarro uh, experiment explodes, there is only one side of his face, Lex Luthor's face, is covered in the sludge. Okay. Uh, part, other parts of his body are, but he's in clothing. I thought that uh, we were going to see that that's where it came from at the end of the story, which... A person with a mind of Lex Luthor, with the the paranoia of Lex Luthor and the in the way he thinks, even if you go all the way back to to his first appearances when when it was Superboy, and he blamed Superboy for his hair falling out mm-hmm. because he was he was conducting an experiment that could cure Superboy of his poison uh, reaction to kryptonite. He then said, "Well, it's all your fault." Mm-hmm. Even though he was the one doing the experiment, Superboy never asked him to, to, you know, do that. So I thought the same thing. I thought maybe they were going to liken it to that, and that he was going to say, you know, all because of Superman. Now I have this scar, and uh, when in fact he was the one conducting the experiments, and and uh, and it happened because of what he uh, was doing. Because of what he was doing. So uh, I'm not sure, but it really, you know, the way they drew that art on that page, on that side of his face, uh, I, I really thought they were going to go somewhere with that. So mm. I, I don't know. I liked in this 23.3 how Lex is so obsessed with Superman, but he thinks that Superman is obsessed with him. And, you know, thinks that, oh, Superman's got to be here. It's my day of release. He, he can't do anything without thinking about me. Everything, every waking moment, he's thinking about me. And it's just, it's. It's comical in a way how obsessed Lex is with Superman, but thinking that it's Superman who's obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah, and he goes through. He, you know, he goes to the to the trouble of of crashing these guys in a ship. Yeah. To uh, to to to, to, to you know yeah, and then to to use it as a way to discredit Superman for being not as good a hero as people think he is, or he thinks he is. Or mm. uh, I did have one issue with that in terms of story, and that is. Um, as much as it would discredit Superman, the whole point is I want to crash the ship so that uh, uh, Superman is discredited. Uh, wouldn't you, as a uh, you know, NASA was shut down because because of, of too much cost and, and and too many accidents and too many problems and and you know, wouldn't you, as a multi conglomerate uh, business, you know, Lex Luthor, wouldn't that look? Wouldn't that be bad for you to? Send up this ship out of the blue. No one knew about it. It's a, you know it's a surprise mission to somewhere, and suddenly it crashes. Oh, we've had a total engine failure. We crashed and all died. You know, wouldn't that be all over the world on every newspaper and every and every uh, news mm. broadcast on television? LexCorp, you know, shuttle crashes, and uh, you know who's to blame? The LexCorp scientist, Lex Luthor himself. Why was this mission you know scuttled so quickly? It just seemed a little bit on the far side in terms of trying to buy into the idea that he'd be willing and that it would 
work out okay for him in the end that if he went to this far and extreme to do what he did, all the while using his own company and his and his own Stop, you know yeah. uh, product and and everything else, that seems like it would be a huge uh, uh, hit to the Luther companies to do something like that. Yeah, so, I guess, but uh, I did like his attitude and I liked the way he was portrayed all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know, looking at it from Lex Luthor's point of view, it was. Look, if Superman doesn't come to save the day, then uh, not only does it make him look bad, but at the same at the same time, thinking ahead, I'm going to crash this plane into this nemesis that's who's you know tried to do a a takeover of one of my um, fertilizer plants, whatever it was, and so kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. Uh, but wouldn't even think about the cost to his uh, company's uh, reputation or his you know uh, the bottom line or. You know uh, the monetary costs, or the you know any of any other costs that might be involved. He's only thinking about his own personal gain from uh, from this, because I guess money doesn't mean anything to him. It's all about uh, how Superman is portrayed, or how Superman is looked upon, and how his competitors uh, might. Uh, you know, he always wants to come out on top. Well, he would come out on top in some ways, and then but, and yeah, then the, the negative ways of some others. So, but I guess I, the negative yeah, ways was, don't influence him. He yeah, he's so uh, he's so psychopathic that uh, <laughs> he he's not even him. thinking about that. No, exactly. All right, uh, Superman twenty three point one, as you mentioned, had the Bizarro story, and the Lex Luthor was very involved in that, and almost more of a Lex Luthor story than a Bizarro story, so to speak. But another interesting uh, take on uh, the origins of, of Bizarro. And the, and the use of this poor little kid. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there have been so many, in recent years anyway, origin stories of Zod and origin stories of Bizarro and origin stories of Brainiac that it's almost getting a little old. But I realize we haven't done it for the New 52, and I know why they're doing it. And I certainly like this idea, the idea that he's going to create a clone eventually. Uh, more than I've ever liked the cube world or an alternate universe world where all the Justice League members are goofy, bizarro caricatures. I have never, ever subscribed to that theory. I don't like it. I don't enjoy those stories very much. Uh, the last one that was out uh, with Richard Donner's influence or whatever was funny and fun, but I don't like the idea that that's really what Bizarro is. Uh, I definitely like the whole clone idea, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, as, a, as, a, as a one-off, as a standalone story, I would much prefer the story we got here than to any of those uh, cube world alternate universe type things. Yeah, I like the the whole A zero B zero. The whole you know the Bizarro is comes from the B zero um, you know mm. tag that they he's you know put to this experiment. Why it wouldn't be A one if A zero didn't work, I don't know. But uh, anyway, B zero is where they come up with the Bizarro tag, I guess, and uh, that's the next line of uh, experiment that he'll be uh, formulating. But this is all about A zero, uh, and the, and you know the the way that it turned out, and Lex's experiment with uh, you know using Superman's DNA to create his own clone, and uh, you know typical Lex fashion. And there's no such thing as a failure. There you know there's only opportunities, and uh, so he uses the opportunity that is created from the disaster of this poor kid's experiment to uh, further his own, uh, uh, you know, plans for a clone of Superman. Now, I'm confused. Would it have been a failure if the monster had killed Lex? 
But then uh, depends he on thought. Who's, <laughs> it depends on whose <laughs> point of view. Would then, as he was being crushed to death, he, he had thought, "Oh, geez, this kind of was a failure. That sucks," <laughs> or not. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's this. He's this super genius who can clone things even though in reality uh there's never been a human type clone but um but he but he he doesn't seem incredibly smart in terms of planning um what's going to happen if this goes wrong Uh, where am i going to go uh uh, with it if things start to go awry Uh, he just kind of thought on his feet which maybe going in he's so arrogant that he 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 doesn't think it's going to go wrong or whatever but he clearly he clearly never had a thought about the kid, even though the kid thought he did. Mm. You know, from his point of view, it was an experiment. If this kid dies, I don't care. If it doesn't work on this kid, I don't care. But there was no thought to what if he becomes a rampaging um, monster that I can't control. I mean, I guess he thought that the nanites, you know, because he said if he has no brain function, then he wouldn't be able to accept any commands. Uh, so so he, I guess he thought he had the safeguards in place. in place, but you know when you're—I'm uh, not a scientist—but when you're working in in a scientific lab, you're wearing shieldings, you're behind glass, you're using um, cranes and hooks and arms and things. You're not—you're not actually shoving your arms into the radioactivity because you, you know, think that it's going to be okay because you're really smart. You know, you're st- you're really smart, and so you're staying behind the glass and you're staying outside the room and you're making sure that there are safeguards in place. And he would have gotten through the door anyway, but I think I would have liked it better if everybody wasn't three feet away from the experiment. Yeah. You know, if you're in a science lab and things are going on, not only is there contamination things, not only could some of the liquid get on you or who knows what's going to happen if this guy, you know, no one's thinking he's going to turn into the Hulk and start smashing through things. So, okay, we don't know that. But in a science lab, the scientists and the security are generally behind the closed doors mm, with well. their security guns and whatever else and controlling the experiment from computers uh-huh. down the hall mm. or through the glass or somewhere. So I get that it's a comic book and you know it's 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 all over dramatic and everything but uh uh, I still enjoy the story. Mm, I guess that's why he's a diseased maniac, but um That's right. <laughs> then the uh 23.2 of Superman was the Brainiac story and um i like the way that this kind of meshed in all versions of brainiac you know into and explained why he looked different he's looked different in various versions and different names that he's had on different planets and and uh, you know the tie-in with with krypton and jor-el i i like the whole the way it was built I liked it too, and I also it was another one of those version, those things where it looked like uh, they were going one way with it, mm-hmm. as they did with Zod. He's sympathetic. He was trying to protect his race. He was trying to save his wife and child. Uh, but then we find out at the end that it was all a lie. You know, the story that was being told to this person was trying to convince this girl to come with them so mm. that she could be made into perfection or whatever. And uh, uh, she called him out on it, and, and he came down and said, you know what, you're right, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting the way, you know, the lie detector and all that kind of thing to show that uh, Brainiac had kind of written his story in, you know, to, in his own, whatever they say, the victor... Uh, you know, writes rewrites history to to show you know things in a different light, and oh, it doesn't always uh, tell the the truth in 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 their involvement and and the atrocities that they uh, put you know were um, involved in. 
along the way. But uh, so I thought that was quite ingenious the way that was played out, and uh, as I said, the whole connection to Jorel and Krypton, and uh, I just I really like this Brainiac story. Yeah, I do as well, and and we get to see uh, you know kind of younger versions of of. Uh, of 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 uh, Jor-el and and Zor-el, this this you know in all of Villains Month we see uh, you know it jumps back and forth mm. and, and in Brainiac you know it's it's two days before the destruction it's two weeks after the destruction mm. it's two hours before the you know uh, which is uh, I just thought uh, was handled really well in terms of um, a Brainiac origin story and also showing us more about how things went down on Krypton. Yeah, and talking about how things went down on Krypton and a younger Jarell and all that kind of stuff. Twenty three point three of Superman was the Hell, L story, hell. and um, which is now we find out short for House of L, which is the rocket ship that Jarell supposedly sent off all these minerals or materials uh, into outer space and creating uh, Hell. And he learns that in fact. This is how he came about, that he wasn't as he thought, you know, Jorel's friend and Jorel's partner, and he was more, he was an experiment, and um, an experiment gone wrong in some respects. Uh, but it creates a bit of a time anomaly, a bit of a paradox, because of the fact that uh, Hell comes back to an earlier Krypton before Jorel has done all this and kills him. That's right. So now there will be no Superman, and uh, uh, in fact, I'm already forgetting what is Superman. I have no memory of Who? this what, person. What's this podcast all about? I I don't know. Do we have a website? What's the website? I don't. Something homepage dot com. Homepage. Yeah, it must be L homepage. <laughs> but I guess this leads into the. I mean, it's going to lead into the annual, as I mentioned at the end of the book. But it's also going to lead into the Krypton returns saga or return to krypton or whatever it's exactly called where we see superman supergirl and superboy return to krypton and be a part of what happens there and i guess alter the timeline or the time stream again well uh here's my my thing and that is i realize that time travel stories can sometimes be confusing Mm -hmm. i watch looper and didn't wasn't really exactly sure what had happened or why people would do things the way they did them um, because they kept looping and things like that. And with this story, uh, you know, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I, I had no idea what <laughs> they were doing, what they were talking about, what happened. Um, first of all, I w- I'm, I'm, I'm troubled that L was given his own book. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, and I guess they're trying to create a, a broader a villain base for Superman. But a, he's a Supergirl villain, and b, um, there are other villains that we know of that are Superman specific villains that could have been used. While Batman out there has seventeen books on the market, and every single one of them has a specific, well known. Batman villain that has been involved with Batman for years and years and years, as opposed to this strange kind of confusing uh, one-off type of character that they're trying to develop into something else, uh, but really hasn't taken off, at least for me. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I love time travel stories, and I love trying to decipher what's happening and, and the paradoxes that are created by that kind of thing, so... I guess I lean towards these type of stories. Uh, Hell as a character hasn't grown on me, as you say. He's more of a Supergirl villain, and I, in, while I enjoyed that story, um, I'll be interested to see how they do flesh him out and what his real origin is and what his real 
motivations are, and I guess we'll find out in the upcoming storyline. I don't mind the fact that they're trying to create a new rogue, or if you like, for this, you know, for Superman, because some of Superman villains, you know, like Toy Man or um, the Prankster, aren't really kind of my cup of tea. They aren't really challenged Superman um, in many respects. So someone like Hell, uh, who's almost like a bizarro type character, if you like, because he's created his clone from, you know, different elements and what have you, uh, could be, you know, could work out to be a great Superman villain if he's written correctly and, and he's written well. But I'll be interested to see where they go with it. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been hanging out for this Return to Krypton uh, story since we've seen um, from many, many moons ago now, uh, Supergirl, Superboy and Superman appear, you know, uh, in back on Krypton before it exploded uh, in little cameos. It will be interesting to see that story fleshed out finally. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing where it goes, and I am intrigued by uh, Jor-El's uh, neck getting snapped. Um, do you think it's not possible, right, that 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 this was the plan? When this kind of thing happens in comics, that this was the plan all along, you know, the, the Brainiac thing, the, the hell thing, the, the whole idea that the worm that Morrison introduced wasn't really the destroyer of worlds or the harvester of worlds, but that it was a, a drone that kind of comes from the Jeff John story from years ago where there have been so many uh, alterations to Brainiac over the years and so many different variations that now we're going to show in this Jeff John story that Brainiac's really the mastermind that you rarely ever see because he sends out drones that are kind of like him but not really him. Same thing with Hell, the actual origin that we were given by the original creators was that he was Jor-El's friend and that he was sent out to try and explore to find a way to save Krypton. And now we find out by these new creators that this is the way they wanted to go. There's no way that they planned this out. Uh, right. I mean, this is just a, a spur of the moment thing <laughs> that people wanted to come in and do it a different way. Right. Uh, well, you'd hope that they had some kind of plan, and they do plan six months in advance in, in some of these, but we are talking about stories that were written two years ago, some of them, uh, with some of these threads that were never picked up on. But perhaps what they've done is looked at some of the threads, you know, editorially they've said, look, we need to pick up on this thread. Can you write a story, you know, that expands on that? And so I guess it might be more of an editorial thing looking back to see, look, these are kind of the things that Grant Morrison or whatever threw out there, possibilities. Do you want to... Ex expand on that idea and then you know then it makes them look like yeah we, this has been two years in the planning where it's really something that was you know threads that they've left and a good writer can do that you know can leave threads and can leave openings possible uh, for other writers to then jump on and grab hold of and and, and run with um i'll probably lean more towards that idea yeah i, I think i agree with you there uh, it's just uh it's spur of the moment kind of look where what if we did this kind of thing at the writer's table now that we have this and, you know, uh, these characters are developing over time and continually, continuing to evolve and change. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more along those lines with you as well. Okay, now 23.4 uh, issues are coming out this week. We've got, or well, as this uh, um, pod podcast goes live on the, on the website, uh, on the same day, actually, as the release of comic books, uh, Action Comics 23.4 is the Metallo story, and Superman... 23.4 is a parasite story uh, and so we're looking forward to see how those characters uh, are introduced while Batman Superman 3.1 is a doomsday story so uh, looking forward to the continuation of Villains Month 
obviously, there have been other titles, as we've mentioned. Teen Titans, Justice League uh, have had their own Villain Month issues. There's a Secret Society, Justice League 23.4, out this, w uh, this week as well. Uh, which, so we will uh, endeavour to touch on these issues uh, in our next podcast and, uh, and continue on to see how, this, how these Villain Stories and Villains Month and um, Forever Evil plays out uh, in the continuation throughout September. Uh, the rest of September and and leading into October. Very good. I'm 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 glad that Parasite and Metallo are going to be the next two. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Hell was kind of a step away in my opinion, and now we're back to core Superman villains that I think need to be need to be used more and need to be kind of um, exposed to the general audience. You know, if we're talking about new people reading, you know, mm. no one ever mentions, oh yeah, well Superman has Metallo and Parasite, but they know Joker and they know Riddler and they know Penguin and they, you mm. know, there's, there's so many that they know, but you know, these are great villains. You know, people say Superman doesn't have any great villains, but they really are. Uh, but both the Parasite and, and Metallo, I like them a lot as villains. So I'd mm -hmm. like to see them utilize more. And of course, my memory is that Metallo was introduced in the early issues of Morrison's run in action. And it was a very different kind of thing. It was a military guy in a suit um, and, and it hasn't really been developed beyond that. So I wonder if they're going to kind of link into that or if this is uh assuming that that never happened or or, or what is where they're going to exactly go mm. with that It'll be interesting to see and uh, also through october we will see the first issue of the new title superman wonder woman the first issue comes out uh in uh, i think early october so uh we'll definitely be discussing that here next month and expect the last issue to that within the next four or five months. <laughs> with, new, with three new creative teams who have come on board <laughs> since then. That's right. <laughs> All right. Any other thing we want to discuss uh, before we move into our big question segment of the show is the fact that Canada have really come on board with this Superman 75th anniversary uh, celebrations. Uh, the Canadian Mint has created, uh, I think, up to seven coins with Superman on the coins, uh, while the Canadian Post... Uh, has created postage stamps and, and um, postcards celebrating Superman. Of course, obviously, Joe Shuster was born in Canada. Maybe I should look into the postage stamps because uh, I was excited about the coins. And so uh, then I went and saw how much they cost. And I said, whoa, there's no way I'm going to be getting any of those. They do look great, but and it's great to see uh, you know other countries beyond America celebrating Superman and uh, that Canada, you know, I'm sure they've got many other kind of uh, national heroes and things that they could celebrate, but you know the fact that Joe Schuster was born in Canada and Dudley the co-creator, yeah, and <laughs> um, you know to create these coins and stamps, I think it's it's great and uh, they do look fantastic. They are a little bit pricey, the coins, the the stamps, maybe more along the lines of things that people would uh, be able to afford. Okay, moving to the big questions segment of the show. start with the big question last month's uh, big question was how do you feel about ben affleck being cast as batman in the upcoming movie and seemingly we've had quite a few answers mm -hmm. uh this month guthrie mclean wrote i'm disappointed not in affleck but by this announcement of a batman superman movie some people have said this makes man of steel look like a complete waste of effort i agree i fear that they will make superman look like woody next to buzz lightyear i feel that making this film at this time risks degrading the superman franchise just when he's getting a fresh start and broadening his audience greed always kills heroes mm, interesting thought there by guthrie i you know, I can understand those concerns. Um, you know, hopefully uh, Superman isn't belittled uh, 
in this movie so that uh, you know he isn't uh, made to look you know uh, like as he says Woody next to Buzz Lightyear. I love the Toy Story movies, Guthrie, um, but I will say this, that if they do make him look like Woody next to Buzz Lightyear, what we're going to get, at least what happened in the Toy Story movies, was this brand new shiny flying thing that's great that the kid wants to play with for a while. But if you watch those movies all the way through, Woody is really the the focus mm. of those movies, and, and he's the guy who like is that. the hero in the end. They all, they do, you know, they both do heroic pop. things, you know, but, but Woody is the emotional core. He's the center he's the one that kind of figures things out and always does things so it would probably be the opposite way if we're talking uh the way you are but hopefully you're right and 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 positively you're right that uh that he is woody and and buzz lightyear is kind of just the the, the newest thing because woody if you think about it it's actually a very apt um, analogy because woody is this old kind of he was on old serials back mm-hmm. in the 50s when tv was new and black and white and buzz lightyear's the new 90s fancy light up thing that talks and superman's kind of the, i mean batman's almost just as old but but the idea that superman's the classic hero the guy who was modeled after the old time wrestlers and wears the tights on the outside and and uh he's washed up and and you know can he be made for a new generation and does anybody care anymore it's kind of what woody is in those shows so uh, i like that that's very uh very apt. very apt yes okay uh hector writes in he says i think it's a great choice about ben affleck being cast as batman because he has the look of bruce wayne batman i hope he does a good job well thanks hector I think he will do a good job. I've said this already. You know, uh, he's come a long way as an actor and also obviously as a director. But but in the films that he's in, Argo, uh, the town, uh, he's very believable in the roles that he's in. And uh, his character in the town is very much like a Batman type uh, sound and 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 style and attitude. So uh, I'm really not concerned. My concern, just as Steve's has been, is that they're doing it at all. Yep. Okay. Who's next? Chris Franklin uh, wrote in, uh, I was a bit flummoxed by the announcement at first, but I feel Affleck can turn in a solid performance as Batman if the script and direction are right. I think his reputation for taking bad roles from 10 years ago still taints his name. His name and all of the media hoopla over him and J-Lo still hangs over him as well. I actually really liked him in Hollywoodland, and he was fine in Daredevil. So I think he's got a good shot at pulling this off. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I don't think you can judge him on some of the bad movies uh, because they've been bad movies, not necessarily him being a bad actor. So uh, I think uh, I'd give him a go. Uh, George writes in. He says, I think Ben Affleck will do a great job as Batman. I think he has the charisma and presence to pull off Bruce Wayne and I have no doubt that he can pull off the Batman persona as well. Also, Affleck has proven to be an award-winning filmmaker and his involvement in the cinematic DCU will bring some more clout and has already brought a lot of attention to these films and may bode well for the quality of the DC films going forward. Well, well, well said, George. I also think that there's a possibility, and this is here's that word again, speculation, that uh, there's going to be some kind of creative um, input involved from him, whether it's directing one of the next movies or, or mm. something along those lines, because that's a... That's a really good reason to bring somebody like this in. Uh, Rick Ruiz wrote, Ben Affleck as Batman? What do I think? There's nothing I can do about it unless I start a petition to the White House. Mm-hmm. But I really don't mind him at all. My issue is that I didn't want Batman in a Superman film to begin with. Why can't the greatest superhero ever have his own movie? That said, I'm of the belief that in such films you should cast an unknown or at least someone not as mainstream. I don't want to be distracted by him. But again, I just want to see Superman in his own films. Yeah, fair enough, Rick. We're you know we've been uh, pretty uh, loud in our uh, opinion of the same thing. Um, 
I don't think necessarily that this Batman Superman movie will be the end of individual Superman movies or solo Superman movies. I think, just like Thor, uh, it's a possibility of a solo Superman film coming out after this Batman versus Superman film. So, uh, you know, don't uh, don't give up hope. I also agree that uh, I think it would be better to go with an unknown just like they did with Henry Cavill. That would have been my first choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I try to come up with other reasons as to why they might have brought in Affleck. And, and it could be directive, uh, creative, helping with writing type uh, decisions that they want to look at down the road. But, uh, yeah, I would prefer an unknown as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Sumra writes in and he says, with the amount of negative outcry for Batfleck as there was, you would think Warner Brothers had hired Justin Bieber to be the new Batman. Ben Affleck is a proven good actor and, and now an even better and award-winning director. Honestly, give the man a chance. And that's hashtag Batfleck. Yes, of course. Uh, Danny C. wrote, Hi, Steve and Scotty V. I could care less about Affleck as Batman. I was a little disappointed that Adam West wasn't considered <laughs> for the role. In all seriousness, I am not a fan of Affleck, but that won't stop me from going to the film. I do think that Affleck as Batman would go over better if it was also announced that Steve and Scotty V had cameo appearances. Hey, that'd be great. If that were to happen, all would be set right in the world. <laughs> well, thanks, Danny. We uh, we appreciate your vote of confidence there. From uh, your from your word from your from your mouth to, to I'm going to call him Kevin's ears. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> All right, uh, we have an audio answer from Roger Boyd, who uh, had this to say about his thoughts on Batfleck. Hey, Stephen Scotty, Roger Boyd here. I'm recording this on September 16th, my birthday, which also seems to be Steve's, so happy birthday to you. About over the past year, I've been trying to catch up with all the podcasts, starting with number one, and I can say I'm finally caught up. Every episode has been a treat, but I'm happy to be caught up so that I can finally participate in the big question and the super secret soundbite segments. As for Ben Affleck playing Batman, it does seem an odd choice to me, but I think with a strong director like Zack Snyder at the helm, everything should work out fine. Okay, again, great job, guys. I look forward to more. Take care. Well, thank you, Roger. Uh, Very nice to hear from you, and uh, always good to get an audio answer. Yeah, I mean, everybody else, uh, you can definitely uh, send in your audio answers because we get very few of them, and it's always nice to hear you directly and and have your voice on the show, so uh, do that. Yeah, now what's our new big question for this show? Well, the new big question is, what is your favorite version of Superman in any form of media and why? Yes, uh, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure if we've asked this before or not. Uh, It's probably been a long time since we have. Uh, my personal favourite version of Superman is the radio series of the 1940s. I love Bud Collier as uh, the voice of Superman. I just It's just an era of Superman. That and the Fleischer cartoons, just, uh, I think that's the quintessential Superman for me. Ah, I've heard you say that before, and um, I'm actually, I'd like to hear some new people write in. And, you know, the other people who wrote in when we had this question before can write in again, because since the question was out, uh, however many years ago it was, there have been some new uh, Superman movies and Superman animated forms, and obviously the new 52 is out. So there's plenty of new choices to choose from. Uh, I have a real hard time. I'll have to I'll have to think about this for next week. But uh, I'm a big fan of the animated series uh, that only lasted a few years uh, uh, after the Batman animated that they uh, they tried to do uh, the, the what is it the Tim verse or whatever. Yep. 
I really like that, and and obviously uh, Man of Steel is high on my list, so uh, we got a lot to choose from. Yeah, well, let us know out there what you uh, what your favorite version of Superman is and why, and get involved with the Big Question segment of the show by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. You can uh, text, send, type up your message, and, and Scotty and I will uh, read those out as we have done this month, or you can do as Roger Boys did and send in an audio answer as an MP3 file, and we will play it here on Radio KAL. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, and that's you. It's super secret soundbite time. Last month's sound came from the movie Hollywoodland. Speaking of Ben Affleck as George Reeves, 11 people guessed it correctly, and they were Fred Walsh, Ben Antonini, Lee Lapko, Chris Franklin, Brandon Whitmore, George Amaru, Nick Nicholson, Argent L., Bardo Sosa, Matt Apps, and Roger Boys. Well done to those 11 people for guessing that was Ben Affleck in Hollywoodland. Uh, let's see if they and more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new secret soundbite comes from. Oh, it's Wednesday night. Bingo night. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL. My guess is that that is Sylvester Stallone as Darkseid in the upcoming Justice League movie. Yeah, I'll, don't give it away. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> anyway, uh, now we got to do a, we got to do a whole yeah, new cut. Now that's it. Start the podcast all over again. <laughs> this month's Superman song is Superman. Wow, there's a lot of songs named Superman by uh, Sandy Thom, or Tom, from her 2006 album titled Smile, It Confuses People. <laughs> yeah, now you can check out Sandy at her website, which is uh, sandytom.com or sandythom.com, depending on how you pronounce it, I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, let's hear Sandy and her song, Superman. For stardust, and some of us are digging for gold, but it won't mean a lot on a mountain top when the wind reaches out for your soul. And some of us stand in the spotlight, waiting for a round of applause. If the people go home and you're left all alone to face the sadness behind closed doors, I don't want the sun. Don't want you. Nothing at all. I don't want the sun. 
Well, there you have it. Uh, that's mm. our song. That's our show. Now, remember, if you have a topic you think uh, Scotty and I need to discuss here on the show, maybe there's a big question you'd like us to pose to the fans. Uh, maybe there's a song that you would like to request. Any of those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the website, or you can send in an email. Mine is steve at supermanhomepage.com, or you can grab Scotty at scotty at supermanhomepage.com, and we will try to use those suggestions in a future show. But for now, that is the show for this month. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.